the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Connecting with Coincidence, CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and I'm asking you to look up in the sky. There is a mystery of a coincidence up there. The sun and the moon are 93 million miles apart, yet appear to us on Earth to be this very same size. Remember the solar eclipse. The moon passes in front of the sun, blocking the light, making daytime into night. The moon is just the right size at just the right distance to act as if it's the same size as the sun. What a coincidence. What? A coincidence? The moon and the sun have been major symbols for generations of human beings. Yin and yang, male and female. The coincidence of their same size is a message to us. Pay attention to coincidences. We here are coinciders. We experience meaningful coincidences. We become insiders together, finding the symbols popping up around us. We look through the lenses of synchronicity and find guidance and connections that expand the filters of our conventional reality. Our minds are immersed in our mental atmosphere, the psychosphere, through which we can be telepathic, clairvoyant, and also sense the future. Sharpen your sensitivity to coincidences. Examine their potential uses and explanations. Read my book, Connecting with Coincidence, and learn along with me, Synchronicity, Spoken Here. Our guest today is Leonard Leonard Bjornborn, who is the serendipity man today. He is an associate professor at the Department of Information Studies at the University of Copenhagen. He studies physical and digital spaces that enable serendipity to happen. He has studied serendipity in the design of physical libraries as well as micro-serendipity as well as meaningful coincidences in everyday life shared on Twitter. Recently, he has published a conceptual framework on how environmental and personal factors increase serendipity. Welcome to the show, Leonard. Many thanks, uh, Bernie. I'm very happy to be on your program. I really like your uh, title, Connecting with Coincidences, so I look very much forward to this. Good, and I look forward to talking with you about serendipity, because we tend to use synchronicity and meaningful coincidences and serendipity has a, a somewhat different place in all of this and i'm i'm wondering would you please define how you use serendipity what do you mean by the term 
Serendipity has been uh, defined in different ways, but I like it to define it to cover also everyday life experiences. So I, I kind of have a very broad definition saying something about that it has to be in unplanned ways as far as uh, from our point of view and it has to be interesting for us. So when we find things, it could be people, uh, things, uh, ideas, etc., in unplanned ways, this is what I define as serendipity. The, the mixture of something that is within our control, uh, our own interests, etc., meeting something outside our, our control, the unplanned factor. The unplanned factor. Um, yeah. when, one of the definitions that um, uh, Samantha Copeland includes is that serendipity in, in, has chance, um, sagacity or informed uh, observation, and uh, a, a desired outcome or a valuable outcome. How does that fit with what you're talking about? I think this fits very well because I, I, I think about different degrees of unplannedness, saying something that be unplanned, it can be unexpected, it can be um, uh, very surprising, etc. So it's different degrees of surprise, actually, meeting different degrees of how much engaged we are with this uh, incident, how valuable it is. So that's why I talk about interest, because interest is the, uh, the base factor here. And surprise is a, is, a, is a key part of this, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but different degrees. I also think that we are born very curious um, creatures, our human beings. Uh, so we are, we are um, accustomed to all the time meeting things that are new to us, that can interest us. So um, much of the time we are not reflecting upon all these uh, meetings we have with unplanned things that we find interesting. Yes. And, yeah. And you, you got into this, into information sciences and serendipity in a coincidental way. Could you tell us about that? Actually, I've been interested in this uh, topic for many years, also before I knew it could be called serendipity. But I started in my PhD um, project uh, some small 20 years ago and uh, had very difficult this, uh, getting um, some uh, data in order for me to analyze. But uh, then I was contacted by a, a British professor and he had found, he had actually found me in a very serendipitous coincidental way that he has he's a computer scientist and he had walked through his uh, library as he often does when he's curious to find new things to look into and uh, he had seen this um, this journal called uh, journal documentation and he thought it was about software documentation because that's makes sense in his um, um, computer science world but actually it was about um, something that is more into library and information science, where I'm coming from. Um, and uh, he got very curious about this and found an article by my PhD supervisor and uh, got so interested that he actually went to conference, met my supervisor and heard about my project. And then he contacted me. So a series of coincidences led to this uh, meeting between in, him and me. So I find that very um, intriguing that our life is full of this series of um, different paths connecting and um, joining together. Yeah, and, and somehow you're able to try to figure out in your research how to be able to um, make serendipity more likely to happen, develop con contexts that increase the likelihood of serendipity. Yeah. Uh, when you, how do you think of synchronicity uh, versus serendipity? I think they're very close because um, 
in serendipity, the history of serendipity, there is um, a well-known episode, uh, incident, where um, uh, penicillin was discovered uh, in, back in 1928. Actually, the researcher looking for that was already uh, preoccupied by f for finding uh, some kind of antibiotics. So he, he had a prepared mind for it. Uh, so it was in his foreground interest. Uh, and then this penicillin pops up in his uh, lab laboratory, coming in through a window, uh, spoiling his, um, uh, actually his uh, experiment. But he was curious. So, and this is actually a point where serendipity meets synchronicity, because it was synchronicity, you could call it synchronicity. He was looking for some antibiotics and it pops up for him and he makes use of it. And I call it foreground serendipity because it's, it was his foreground uh, interest that got triggered. So what I see the, um, the um, overlap is that synchronicity is about serendipity making you, that confirms your focus and direction. Whereas background serendipity is when you have some background interest that can get surfaced and that change your direction and change your focus. So I think that's the difference. Is your focus confirmed? That's synchronicity. Is your um, focus changed, making you go into a new direction? That's the background serendipity. So they're very close, I would say. Okay, and I see, I see them as somewhat different. Um, a Jungian view of them has meaningful to the person, uh, while serendipity has more meaning out there for the uh, in, in kind of a more real world place uh, where things happen. Um, so we're coming we're coming to the end of this segment, and uh, it's so. It's so valuable for all of us to be able to have some idea about how we should be able to create possibilities uh, for synchronicity and serendipity to happen. And I think your research is valuable in that way. We're going to go into some more details about it in the next segment. skeptic or a believer join me rob mcconnell as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the exxon radio tv show on xzbn and the exxon tv channel on simul tv since 1990 the exxon radio tv show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard together we'll investigate ufos aliens ghosts bigfoot psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on Skype Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit 
www.exoneradiotv.com or www.exoneTVchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Welcome, welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and our guest today is Leonard Bjornborn, and we are talking about serendipity and its relationship to synchronicity. And Leonard, the, the foreground serendipity, which you say is, which is closely related to synchronicity and background, more traditional serendipity, would you please go over that with some examples, the difference between those two? Background serendipity could be like uh, that you are, uh, we have a lot of interests. Uh, I'm very interested literally in uh, the thousands of different interests that we have. If I walk into a library, for example, and I'm looking for uh, some books, and then on a shelf I, I see something different. Uh, I, I wasn't looking for that book, that topic but it triggers me. That I would say is background serendipity. Somewhere in my background, in the depth of all my interests, there is also this interest. And that get triggered coming up to the surface, coming out from the background. So I, understand, I, I, I understand that. And I'm going to give you a small example from yeah. my experience. <clears throat> when I was in college, I did just that. I was wandering, in this, wandering around in the stacks of the library and yeah. found a book called A Theory of Personality uh, by George Kelly. And without more detail, there's a lot of details, but uh, years later when I applied for uh, a psychiatric residency, I brought up the content of that book, and that got me the job uh, as a resident in psychiatry at Stanford. Yeah, that's a really nice example of it. Um, you also asked me about the foreground serendipity. Yes. When I looked... Uh, some years ago, I looked into what people write on Twitter about serendipity. There are a lot of uh, hashtag serendipity out there, also a lot of hashtag synchronicity. And I was very curious about what are the experiences that, make, that people have had. And there were many everyday life, small micro occurrences that make people triggered. And then that could be for example, uh, that they are humming a song themselves, they like, and then uh, next on the radio, the same song pops up. And I would say that is a kind of foreground serendipity that that uh, they are already pre pre preoccupied yes. with this song, and that that could also be called synchronicity. That's this coincidence between the personal level and the environmental level. Oh, okay. This meeting. Yeah. yeah. 
And now I think by, I had to understand foreground. Uh, it, it, foreground is in conscious awareness, and yeah. background is in is subconscious yeah. information. Yeah, more, that's the way I would put it. And I, yeah. I had a funny one the other day. I was listening to a, a song uh, by Leon Russell, uh, and and as he talked about being in the spotlight. I turned the corner and uh, the sun shined directly into my face. Yeah. So I was in the spotlight yeah. just as yeah. he says, said it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So that, yeah. that, okay. That, I, that's clearer to me. I didn't uh, background synchronicity or serendipity and foreground and ser and that's when you would call it synchronicity when it's conscious, when you have the awareness of it in the present and then it happens in the present. Okay. Exactly. It's just like when uh, Jung, when Jung has this uh, patient talking about the scarabee beetles in a dream, and in the very same moment in Jung's Carl Jung's uh, uh, room, there office, is a beetle yeah. office. There is a beetle flying towards the window glass. In the very same moment as that woman, the patient is talking about that beetle the scarab beetle from her dream. So she was wow. preoccupied with it, and there is this... Then it uh, shows up. And, and then it th shows up. Th that one I have studied, as many other people have. And yeah. the, the biggest difference, uh, big difference there in between uh, the, the regular synchronicities is that Jung went to the window and got the beetle. Yeah. <laughs> Had yeah. he not done that, then yeah. it wouldn't have happened. And uh, so that that's a variable because Jung wanted the synchronicity to happen. He was frustrated with the patient. So there, there was an intermediary creating that synchronicity. It wasn't mm -hmm. just the beetle at the window. It was Jung bringing the beetle into the office that yes. made it happen. And I, I see that as very uh, a key part of serendipity. Uh, and that also because I can see the, the, the meeting point between synchronicity and serendipity, that uh, serendipity is more about grasping things, grasping the moment, that we are surrounded all the time by an ocean of possibilities, and all these possibilities can trigger our different skills, experiences, interests, etc., uh, when we are meeting those, when there is some kind of connection between our inner space and the the possibilities surrounding us As surrounded by an ocean of possibilities yeah that is a great phrase that is a great phrase would would you elaborate on that please this ocean of possibilities that's really what triggers me about this uh, research I'm doing in about serendipity because uh, it's about how can you design spaces that are rich, that contains a richness of different uh, things that can trigger people, like libraries. And this uh, ocean of possibilities, that's why I'm uh, very interested. Some um, uh, years ago, also by serendipity, actually, I read an article by an American researcher called Stuart Kaufman. He's from uh, evolutionary biology. He's very interested how how does evolution take place? Why does creatures get feathers at that time of in the evolution? Why do creatures fly at that time in that uh, um, in the in evolution and he talks about the adjacent possible you could talk about the possibility next door what what possibilities are closest to us that we can that the creature can grasp in the evolution uh, and the mutations can evolve into uh, and that and that and that uh, concept of the adjacent possible triggered me and then i realized that in our life, we have all these possibilities around us all the time. And some of these possibilities are very close to us, depending, because it's very, um, it's individual. You can say that every of us individuals, we have different 
sets, we have different notions of possibilities. Yes, yes. Yes, we have different sets of adjacent possibilities. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's two elements in this ocean of possibilities that, yeah. uh, that, need, that I want to clarify for me and for our yeah. people listening. Yeah. There, there's an ocean of possibilities, but some are at a greater distance from where I am right now. Yeah. And some are closer to me right now. Yeah. And the ones that are closer to me right now are the ones that are more likely to create a serendipity uh, that I can be that can be useful to me and i think yeah. that's what you're saying yeah and also create a synchronicity that some of these i see them very much as uh, lines floating around and some of these lines can come closer to each other and we as creatures are the one that can reach out for them so it's much about reaching out for those float those possibilities floating around and it depends on what skills each of us has, what experiences we have, what interests we have, in order what we actually perceive. It's much about sensing. What we see uh, around us depends on our uh, experiences, our skills, our interests, because we are, we are bombarded by um, information, by impressions, and we cannot see or perceive all of them. If we did, we would go crazy if we uh, just let them in all of them. So we are very selective in the way we are taking stuff in. Would the, uh, term, would the word filter work for you right yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and and we can expand and contract what can come in through this filter or yeah. this, this, this sense ability. I think that's even better, uh, the yeah. ability to sense. And exactly. Sense is a kind of a funny word because uh, we tend to refer to our five senses, or maybe you can say there's more of them, but there's yeah. more more than our five senses by which we can pick up stuff around us. Yeah, I believe very much in intuition. Yes, that we are that we are using our intuition, and our intuition is a way of that we actually are when we grasp out for the, in this ocean of possibilities of possibilities. I think intuition is a very um, use, a crucial help for us in order for what to choose or not to choose in this, among all these possibilities. That is really cool, and I'm trying. We're getting we're getting near the end of this segment. Um, that this ocean of possibilities now uh, you you have uh, you have in your mind i i can i can sense that you have in your mind uh what this ocean of possibilities might feel like seem like yeah. look like uh intuitively feel like i yeah. i i call part of it the psychosphere uh yeah. i I call it, uh, it's our mental atmosphere. And in this mm. mental atmosphere, we all share something or have access to something that we all can't have access to, but we differentially do it. Yeah. We're coming to the end of this segment. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exone Broadcast Network. And our guest today is Lennart Bjornborn. are here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows they might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife but who are they what do they want why are they here perhaps most concerning has the government been aware of their presence all along the new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to CC with BB. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we are talking with Leonard Bjornaborn, and we are going into diving into a sea of possibilities, an ocean of possibilities. Leonard, if you step back and be what I feel you have in you, the artistic version of Leonard Bjornaborn, what what are we feeling, seeing, sensing in this ocean of possibilities? I see this, I really like to think in in different kinds of spaces. When I see the ocean of possibilities, I sometimes see it as a house, a house with a lot of doors in it. And some of these doors are, are shown, shown. We can see these doors. Yeah. Some of them we cannot yet open. And uh, sometimes we are probing these doors. And once in a while we are opening these doors. And what fascinates me with this uh, house is when we open a, a door, uh, new rooms come up with new doors. So this house is actually expanding while we are exploring it. And I really like that picture of of going into spaces that when, when we explore them, the edges of them, finding new doors and come into new rooms. New, so every new door gives access to new rooms and new doors. And this is also actually, a, I, uh, Stuart Kaufman with this adjacent possible, he has some similar um, notions about this when we evolve as uh, creatures on this planet so there there are we are as creatures we are exploring what is possible for us on this uh, planet in this universe that's good and i find synchronicity and serendipity as a way of how the universe is actually exploring itself it's a way we are the creatures in this universe that can explore what is, what is possible? How can we juggle with new energies, with new possibilities in this universe? Wow. Wow. Um, the, as you talk about the house metaphor, yeah. as well, I mean, I, I, we talk about the, the quantum physicists of the 30s and 20s talked about the universe having us develop our consciousness so that the universe can understand itself, can yeah. see itself. Uh, that, that, that's what you are building on, the idea that uh, our awareness can help whatever the consciousness is that we're part of know itself. And you're using the house metaphor as more details about that happens and the doors yeah. of the house. Uh, your metaphor of the house is very visual. Uh, you see the door and you walk through it. Uh, I had a, a different way of doing it with my eyes closed, or actually the room was dark that I yeah. am in, and I'm feeling around with my hands, yeah. and I'm on my knees, and I and I find that door. I find a yeah. door, and then I go through that door. But I do it with uh, with feeling uh, yeah, and I, touch. I, I like I like that because. Actually, in my own research, I'm very, um, I'm very um, into that we are using all our senses. It's yeah. not just about the visual. It's also about the tactical. 
that's why in my research, I'm very, I'm also very interested differences between digital serendipity and physical serendipity, because in the physical world, we can use all our senses, our, our whole body, our yeah. full body, yeah. in, including the picture you are, I like that with that we are crawling around, we are sensing, we are touching, yeah. uh, perhaps we are tasting on some of it, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like that, uh, what, what we are hearing. I usually tell my students at the university that uh, it's, uh, serendipity is not just about seeing things. You can, a blind person would also experience serendipity. A blind deaf person could do it by tactical that we yeah. could sense yeah. uh, serendipity. So uh, I really like the way you're, the example you're coming with. There's something about um, wisdom and uh, blindness. Um, yeah. that the visual tends to obscure things that if you close your eyes, you yeah. can experience. And, yeah. and, one, and one, of the, one of the things that uh, I am fascinated with is, uh, is energy fields. And, yeah. and, the, and to be able that I can feel energy fields under different circumstances, that we are immersed in not only information, but also energy. And yeah. This energy is something palpable. It's something uh, I, I can experience, and many other people do. Well, is th this seems to me, uh, what I'm describing as, as energy sensing, part of this ocean of possibilities. I, I can follow that because I, can, I have a similar um, an analogy with kind of magnetic fields, that something is pulling me that, uh -huh. uh, into that direction. I can feel it that if I go in that direction, I can feel the magnetic field that pulls me in different directions, in a certain direction, even yeah. in, in a library. Sometimes when I go in, I really like libraries. I also, in my research, using that as a very good example of how you can design for serendipity, uh, that I can sometimes just follow my intuition and follow my intuition is about sensing energy in the space, in the possibilities around me, uh, feeling that if I go in that direction, it feels more um, open for possibilities. If I go in that direction, I can sense that there is less energy uh, in that direction. I call that human GPS, human geospatial yeah. positioning systems, where, where you... Like, yeah. It's where you are, where you can find your way to where you need to be without knowing how you get there. Yeah. And the knowing how you get there is following just, you do know how you got there, but it's not the usual visual way. It's just what you're describing. You feel like you're pulled in that direction. And I have a lot of examples of that. Yeah. And there's, there's something, yeah. something called, where does psi, where does telepathy, clairvoyance and fit into the way you're thinking about uh, the ocean of possibilities? It has actually, since I was a very young man, been part of my um, my logic that uh, that the universe also contains that uh, those uh, possibilities actually. So when I was a very young man, I was very uh, and I'm very very interested in spiritual spiritual uh, ways of thinking. Yeah. And then I came into academia, and that didn't um, accept <laughs> that thinking very much. But I really sense that the time is coming more is more open to uh, bridging the spiritual and the more academic way of thinking. So actually, I feel that I'm a, I'm a person trying to actually um, uh, contain both ways of thinking. And it has really been helpful for me so far. I'm, I'm in the middle of the academic world. I can, uh, and I like I like the, the way that you can be very critical in your thinking, that you're trying to be precise in your definitions, in the ways you're uh, documenting things. But I also very much in my, and I can see because I'm very interested in the uh, the history of the. Of research, so many scientists are using their intuition. Oh yeah, in the full, actually most Einstein, Niels Bohr, um, 
etc etc they use their their intuition oh, yeah. and many of them and many of them were, were very clear about it uh, that they made use of this intuition this spiritual um way of approaching uh, we're, we're, the, the words are, are important to define spiritual uh, versus rational but the basic idea of what you're talking about <laughs> that that there is a growing uh, awareness of the need to become more spiritual in the way you're talking about it, which is a very broad way, uh, yeah, and, bridge, and and make and, and create a bridge between create, uh, between yeah. the rational and the intuitive is the simple yeah, way of saying yeah. it. It's, it's, uh, between the between the sun and the moon, that's yeah, the, yeah. yeah. That, that sun and the moon are what we're talking about bringing together, and that yeah. coincidence in the sky is to say what you're talking about is to they're the same size they need to be balanced and, and organized together right here on earth the, exactly. so actually I'm very inspired by um, by Zen Buddhism um, because uh, on Twitter I'm uh, using haiku to write about serendipity I try to <laughs> uh, serendipity is uh, uh, five syllables. So actually, that's that's one line in uh, in a haiku, uh, small poem. Uh, oh. And then I like to add two more lines about serendipity, catching the essence of um, of serendipity in uh, in a small haiku poem. We have. So I'm, uh, I'm using those. Yeah. We have a minute left, and what do you make out of uh, serendipity, synchronicity, seriality, and a word I invented, simulpathity, all beginning with an S and ending in I-T-Y? Yeah, I, yeah, I like that. Uh, that could be actually a four-line uh, haiku. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what I'm, what I'm trying to say. I'm writing an, another book on uh, meaningful coincidences and i'm trying to make it uh, more condensed so there are kind of haikus like sentences if i can get that I'd make it more poetic make it more, more like a song because we yeah. can condense good ideas yeah. in a very short period of time and you're doing it yeah. yes i'll try that you are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. We're talking with Leonard Bjornaborn, and it's his ability to talk about serendipity and the ocean of possibilities surrounding us. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. 
get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to CC with BB. I am Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, your host, and we're talking about serendipity and synchronicity with Leonard Bjornaborn from Denmark, Copenhagen, and you are in an academic place, and studying these ideas, serendipity and academics, does not happen in the United States, except here at the University of Virginia, where I am peripherally involved with their academic programs, but don't teach anything yet. I'd love to teach. Students are very interested in these ideas. I know it, but yeah. the ac- academics doesn't let it happen. So I, I, want, I, I want to talk, hear more about this ocean of possibilities and how we sense it from you and get to how we can get these ideas out to a greater number of people because you are part of a leading edge as I am in trying to bring these ideas to more and more people. Yeah, but actually I'm, uh, uh, there, there, are, there, there are researchers all over the world into this area, both serendipity and synchronicity. So actually I'm quite um, optimistic. I meant- I meant in the United States, but also there, uh, there some also about. Actually, I think the area of serendipity is quite uh, open. Uh, it's been uh, long uh, in in library and information science where I'm coming from uh, as a research field. There has been an openness to serendipity because actually the word serendipity uh, uh, it was coined in 1754 uh, in England about. Um, an aristocrat, and when when this word came out in the late nineteenth century, about eighteen ninety, it was used in libraries and book about bookstores and libraries. Mm. So it has been a part of the history of libraries and bookstores, etc. Because ah. people could see that when you are finding books in a library or in a bookstore, many times it's by you didn't plan it, but you found it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe somebody there in library science is interested in that here. Yeah, that could be. There, at Ohio State, uh, there's a video of a library a librarian describing a uh, serendipity where she bought the house of the man who started the library or a key part of the library and was doing she was carrying on his work but she didn't know it was had been his house. Mm. It's, a, it's a lovely description, but I, now I know librarians are more interested in this for just the same reason I found a great book that helped me a lot: Wandering and Finding. Um, but I can, I can see that I have written about this in uh, Denmark, and uh, uh, and uh, I got contacted by a researcher in uh, who re- made research about theater, uh, performance theater. He, he didn't, you know, in Scandinavia, this word serendipity is not very well known, and sometimes you have not just sometimes you have to have a word in order to reflect. Yes. And, uh, about to grasp the essence of it. And when he heard about this word, he realized that what he was interested in about performance theater was all about 
serendipity, making use of unplanned events during uh, this performance theater. Um, I, I've got uh, people telling me here, producers, uh, directors, that when they need a need somebody to play a role, they show up. Yeah, that could. Yeah, actually, I'm very. I'm. Uh, I'm been into this area over 20 years now, and so I've collected uh, a lot of uh, things about research about serendipity, and it's in all areas. This uh, notion of serendipity in history, in uh, anthropology, the ways people meet uh, and find way, etc., meeting uh, in their own research. So it's all over. Uh, well, so. I, I'm interested in the formal study of it, the way you're doing it, um, yeah. and, and would like to see it in, uh, at least in the United States, um, because it's mostly what I've seen about serendipity researchers, they tend to be uh, in Europe. There are, there actually, there are uh, quite a few in uh, the U.S., there are. Uh, I have some very good colleagues over in the, the U.S. Uh, well, I will I will contact you by email later to get those yeah. to get those names because yeah. we yeah. won't not talk about them here. Um, the, tell us uh, as we get near the end of our our interview, how, what how you design uh, physical spaces and uh, digital spaces to increase the possibility for serendipity. Uh, I'm looking. I'm seeing three, um, I'm talking about three different dimensions that can help uh, serendipity, enable it. Because you cannot design, I see a lot of, there's been a lot of hype about uh, serendipity in the last few years, saying that you can design it. I say you can design for it. You cannot engineer it to happen, but you can design the, the space that enables uh, enables it and i'm very interested about how a space contains diversity how the space helps you to uh, move around in that space and how that space helps you to sense the contents in that space so the so uh, libraries are a very good example that combines all the, these three dimensions. Because in a normal library, uh, even small libraries, there are thousands of different topics covered in very small uh, area. And you can walk uh, along the shelves. These shelves are open, so you can actually get access to it. So actually, there are, the way you can move around in a library is very helpful. The way if they, uh, if they show the cover of the books could be helpful, etc. So in my research, I go into details with these three key dimensions for enabling serendipity and talking about different sub-dimensions of these. Uh, I won't go into details here, but it's all about how, how do you enable diversity in a space? How do you enable people to move around in that space? And how do you enable people to sense and that could be the crawling you talked about before. It's not just about visual. How can you actually... Uh, and uh, another good example of a good space for serendipity are old medieval cities because they, they invite you to explore them. They are... Um, they, in, they trigger your, curios your curiosity to find out about what is around the next corner. So when I am uh, have been working with this for some years, how can you design libraries that invites people not ju just to go the usual uh, ways to the usual spots in the library, but the library that also invites you to uh, to leave your normal way of moving around, uh, perhaps looking more like a, mediev a medieval city. Um, and there are libraries in, I know, both in Europe and the US, looking more into those details. I'm also interested in the differences between the physical and the digital because I'm, 
I'm very much, I'm using social media. Twitter is a very good platform for serendipity because there is a very short, you can move around very quickly from topic to topic. You can f follow your intuition, uh, clicking on, on links leading very quickly to new topics. So there are some uh, strengths in the digital world, especially about movement. Whereas in the physical world, we the senses can be more easily triggered. So I'm very interested in, in how can we combine the physical, uh, physical spaces and digital spaces in order to, um, to design and enable possibilities, to create this ocean of possibilities. Actually, a library is an ocean of possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, is it create the ocean of possibilities or find an ocean of possibilities? But you're talking about creating. Both, both actually. You can create, you can create the, um, the, the edges for this, uh, for this ocean. If, if I create the walls and the, the pathways, the in the library, and then each each book can be an ocean of possibilities. You can actually zoom in to a kind of a fractal that you can zoom into more and more details, and that opens up even more. As a researcher, I'm I experience that all the time when I come, I follow my interest, my intuition, and a small segment is a f full new ocean of possibilities. I didn't know, for example, the first time I read about synchronicity, it was just a word for me. And then I realized it was an ocean, that was also an ocean of possibilities. Oh, I see, I see what you mean. Yeah. I see what you mean. Now we're, we're coming to the end of our interview, Leonard, yeah. and it's, you've triggered a lot of thinking in me about how to consider this whole field and how to help advance it because yeah, we're, we're, we're part of a group and you are more clearly than I knew before we contacted pushing the edge into putting our minds to become aware of this ocean of possibilities and then to create situations that, that allow us to have oceans of new oceans of possibilities context yeah, yeah uh, designing, designing spaces for it well i one, one space i do is going to dance where there's a lot of different people uh thank you very much leonard you're thank you, for being leonard. with us you've, you've been listening you. to connecting with coincidence with your host dr bernie beitman md on the x-zone broadcast network and we've been talking about serendipity and it's been great here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. 
Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. <laughs> 